Hey, I'm Sierra. And I'm Andrew. And we're the Newmans. And this is our Tavern for Two. Welcome to our first actual episode. Yeah, been a lot leading up to this. Like all good shows, movies, you know, there's gotta be plenty of trailers to build up the hype. Yeah, need plenty of hype for this, and hopefully hype we have. We've been so excited for this. Uh, well, to reiterate uh, what this episode is going to be about, since we mentioned it in episode zero, uh, we started playing in high school and began dating at the same time, and that was over 11 years ago. There is a cat watching us right now. <laughs> uh, but the first three episodes are going to be covering our full history uh, with gaming. Uh, this particular episode is going to cover our experiences starting in high school and moving to our freshman year of college. Yeah, so you'll get to hear all of our silly beginnings, the wacky ways we made the rules work. Whether they were actual rules or, or whatever we came up with. And for everyone out there who really, really cares about the rules, uh, I will preface this by saying I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we really... The rules didn't exist. Well, in some cases. For a little bit there, yeah. For a little bit there. But it made for a fun game. Yep. Yeah, this episode and the next two episodes will be covering our history, but this one... Well, why don't we start? And since it starts with me, I guess I'll start. Uh, I had a bit of D&D experience uh, before even meeting Sierra, but not really with playing. Um, way back in the day... We had a Dungeons and Dragons movie. It had, oh hell, it had Jeremy Irons in it, and that is what first uh, inspired me to start asking about what D and D was. There's also the the D and D scene that's in the movie E.T. That also kind of started. Tilting my expectations of what it might be in that direction. Which, not to interrupt you, but actually we're watching E.T. for the first time recently. Really cool. Yeah. Seeing that. Yeah, we, uh, we just watched it recently and it was her first time actually getting to do so, so that was cool. Uh, but I ended up asking my dad about it and he told me that he had played back in college and for years after that... Uh, he showed me the few remaining books that he had, and his dice, and I started reading through them and wanting to play. I was constantly asking questions. He would tell stories about all the crazy adventures he and his different parties had had that he had played with over the years. And this was... this went on for a while. I think I, I fully was committed to wanting to play by the time I was about 12. Between myself, my father, and my godfather, we were going to play at some point, but we never ended up getting together to do so between living in different towns and things of that nature. And then later on, toward high school, uh, I kept thinking about it. I looked up things on the internet about D&D, 
Uh, I started playing Minecraft with a friend of mine, and that kind of reminded me of the the aesthetic that I had kind of thought of for Dungeons & Dragons games. Uh, the thing is, at the time, all of the content I could find online was 3.5 open game license content. Around my freshman year of high school, my dad actually gave me his books and his dice. Now that's what I called inheritance. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. Uh, felt like there was a big legacy being handed over, actually. But I started trying to play D&D with my cousin uh, for a while, because he used to be my best friend. We used to hang out all the time. And we were both into fantasy and swords and whatever else you can imagine uh, for two nerdy high school kids, effectively. Well, he was in middle school. True, yeah, he was about... He was two years behind me in school. Yeah, so he was but, a seventh grader. Yeah. But we had two characters called Elwing and Oakroth, uh, an elven sword and sorcery kind of guy, and a human druid. And the two of them went on plenty of adventures, and that's how we cut our teeth. Knew absolutely nothing about the rules and ended up with characters that were supremely overleveled. I think we were like level 33 in my case and 26 in his when we ended. Don't ask me how the disparity came about. Oh no, it was because I killed more things than him. That's what it was, because it used to be a you keep what you kill thing for us with XP. Which obviously changed later. <laughs> uh, but then I also started a game in high school during Woodshop with three other friends uh, that went on for a little bit. And keep in mind at this point, I was literally drawing maps on lined paper because I was insane. But also I didn't have, I didn't have a whole lot of graph paper at the time. I just had a book of graph paper with a few things in it that my dad had given me and I hadn't started using it yet. Yeah, those early news, uh, notebook maps. One of these days, maybe we'll have to post pictures of some of that shit you gotta start somewhere i guess we should just be happy we didn't play on napkins or something well we literally started from the bottom and now we're we're doing better we're doing better yeah we're not at the top that's dwarven forge yep not there yet can't afford that but uh eventually the games in woodshop ended and i kind of had to start looking for new players and i had friends at the time uh, my friend sean you had friends i did have friends it's kind of amazing to think about <laughs> but i had a friend named sean who went on to become uh, one of our better players for quite a while I had a friend named kenny who didn't stick around too long and then there is sierra here That's who i me. talked to on the bus and eventually convinced her to play as well and this was around the time when he was also trying to convince me to date him. Yeah, kind of ended up going the other way. Yeah. I'm the one that asked him out. Yep, yep, I was a coward. Yep, I'm not. I, I had no experience talking to girls. Not like that, anyway. Oh, boy. Time gets away from you. Yep, so November... Somewhere in October, November of 2010, um, 
Well, backtrack actually. Andrew and I met in '09 when I was in eighth grade and he was a freshman. So when he was starting to create his D and D wood shop class project, you may as well say. Yeah. He was. I didn't know anything. It wasn't until the next year that he and I started to move in the direction of dating and D and D and everything. So for the whole first year, I know. Never came up. Yep, we were just friends on the bus who talked about video games and books and stuff and, like that. And whatever happened in school that day, really. Oh, yeah. But then... And we met because she was reading Aragon, and I recognized the Farthen Doer chapter that she was on. Yep. And then 2010, um, I think, before we started dating, actually, is when you asked me to come over for D&D. Yep. And my mom had the rule... My mom's really old school, so she always had the rule of, I have to meet the parents before you can go over to their house. Yep, so when me, I, uh, me and my mom went over to your parents' house, yeah. and you and I started playing on the trampoline. Well, we, like, I showed you all my silly posters, too, because, yep. you know, classic 2000s. 2010s girl you know i had the jonas brothers and high school musical posters zach efron's piercing blue eyes staring through your soul yeah no that wasn't until later in high school that i got that poster oh well, it's just one that i remember quite a bit i know because it traumatized sean <laughs> <laughs> but no um we started talking about D D and me playing it and then like we had the date set for when we were gonna all be playing D D. And then it was a Friday, the 11th, which, great, you know, November 11th, it's already uh, Veterans Day. It's also the day of my anniversary of getting my braces removed, and then it's also our dating anniversary. Yeah, we have way too many anniversaries at this point. It's a busy day, the 11th. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But, no, I remember, like, we decided... We're going to do this. We're going to be together. And then, like, that next Saturday, or, like, that next day, Saturday, we decided, and, you know, like, we started playing D&D with all of our friends. And I remember when we first started playing D&D that day, like, one of the first questions you had for me was, do, like, our characters date now, too? I mean, it was an honest question. Oh, it was a good question. But it's still funny. Yeah. But we ended up deciding not to have our characters immediately begin dating. It would have been weird because we also just started dating. Oh, yeah. And it was weird because, like, I didn't know anybody besides Kenny because Kenny had already been my friend and everybody else I met through you. Yep. So then it, it was just weird. Yep. So our first party was my cousin, the two of us. Our friend Sean and our friend Kenny. And that party went on with a few turns to it. Uh, that party lasted in that version for like two or three months, I think. Roughly, yeah. And then Kenny left because it just wasn't working out. Nah. For, for them in general. Nah. D&D just wasn't what they had in mind and then it was just you and me 
your cousin and John. Yep. Uh, and that kind of began our transition to having a steadier group to play with because this group lasted for about a year, which is, you know. Well, that was the base group. Yeah, that was the base group. That, um, that group lasted for a good couple of years, realistically. Yeah, the main thing that happened is we added another player named uh, Michael after a while. Uh, yeah. We had uh, our characters... Well, about the time Kenny left is when characters started changing. Yeah, yeah around that time is when characters started getting shifted around. Uh, Sierra's character is the only one that did not change. Well, I changed, but... Changed the build of the character, but not the character's name or who they were, really. Yeah, I'm I'm the OG of the group. Yep. Um, I'm the only original character to have made it from... Well, I started at level 5, so I've never played this character at level 1. But from her in-game beginnings to where she has ended in campaign, she is the only original Yep, I ended up swapping out my high-powered, high-level character for one that was the same level as the lower-level members of the party, and okay. eventually my cousin did as well. Uh, his character stuck around a bit, being the mentor for a while. Yeah, our growth was always kind of like grandpa on the mountain. I'm gonna be a hermit, but if the kids need my help, I'll come down from the mountain. Yep. And we also had a few uh, guest appearances by other friends. Uh, notably, my mom actually was one, and she brought in some of her Old overpowered characters. characters from back when she used to play with my dad and his friends. Like one named after Malachi from Children of the Corn. Yep, yep. You, you don't fuck with Malachi. Malachi, 65th level chaotic evil cleric. Mm-mm. Just... Keep this in mind. Anything Malachi named Malachi, you probably shouldn't mess with. No, and Malachi is just the name of nothing good. No. But no. Like, we had friends over the years that were like, oh, like, I know you play it and you talk about it. Can I, like, test it out and see what it's like? So there would be friends that play for, like, one or two sessions, maybe. Or, or, like, just ask a lot of questions in general. My friends, they weren't really keen on it. Like, maybe one or two of them. Like, one of my friends actually played with us, but some of my other ones just kind of asked questions or just, like, ignored it entirely, and they're like, that's what she does on the weekends with her other friend group. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what I feel like. I had my week, my weekday school friends that I did band and theater and classes with and whatever and i'd see him on the weekends if we had band or if we had theater stuff going on but then weekends were for the boys in D. &D. yeah and those are really fun weekends they were some of the most fun that i had had up to that point with almost anything i mean it was nice having something other than band or theater to regularly do on the weekends <laughs> like it wasn't you know like quote-unquote work on the weekends yeah that's what you did and i never really had much part in it but glad i was able to provide some other distraction mm -hmm. well i remember the one time though uh you and sean picked me up from 
like a tech day or something, pick me up, and then we went and played D&D. Yep. Like later on in high school. Oh, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> People start getting their licenses, and you're able to go do things more freely. And yep. Now we're adults, and it just all seems so normal, but hey. But yeah, it was it was very interesting in high school with D and D because, um, like I said, I never knew about it in my high school. I'm from a very small town that's very, I guess, church oriented. Just because you know, small town, there's a lot of churches because what else is there gonna be? Yeah, we're we're talking small town in in michigan here uh i i kind of hesitate to say hick town but i don't want to hesitate too much <laughs> i mean to be honest that's most towns in the state so yeah you know but you work with what you got yeah the small town aesthetic always does have its benefits yeah but you know definitely has its charms though <laughs> But that party uh, eventually came to be known by the moniker of Team Chaos due to the fact that pretty much everyone in it was of chaotic alignment. Yeah, literally everybody was at one point. Uh, everyone except Oakroth, who was neutral good until the end. But eventually that character got swapped out anyway. And after a while, my cousin did uh, mm -hmm. stop playing with the group. Yep. The, uh... Life moves on. The trope of, you know... Friend gets girlfriend and drops off the planet. We've all been there. We've all seen it. Yep. Uh, but these characters... I had been trying to to kind of rebuild from all my dad's stories. Uh, the world that he had played in for the most part. And the primary town that he had often talked about was a town called Hightower. Uh, and they had often stayed at a place called the Red Dragon Inn, and even burned it down once or twice. I thought it was three times. No, I, I think it was actually only once that they burned it down. It was when Nivlak's Wand of Wonder went off, and he oh, fireballed the place. And then the second time was because something else happened, but they got blamed for it. Oh wait, no, it might have burned down when they... Uh... We're chasing after the hundred and something level rogue. Yeah. Who unleashed two rods of worm with a red yeah, and a blue dragon. Yeah, because you did tell me about that. No, I only I only saw that it was like three times. But no, um, the red dragon in, and all of this was, of course, Greyhawk based stuff that we're yeah primarily we're primarily, uh, I used the Greyhawk pantheon. Everything else was homebrewed based on things that I could remember and just what I felt like creating at the time. Yeah. But back then our world was called Orth, like it is in the books. Yeah. But I very shortly decided to alter it a little bit from calling it Orth and just call it I I didn't change it much. I called it Orith. I just added an I. But it makes it different enough to where... It makes it different enough, you know. I feel like maybe that's the 70% uh, the likeness mark. Who knows? Uh, there were some very hefty 
events that happened in those. Uh, one of the biggest was Luthien's Gambit for making us the owners of the Red Dragon Inn. Oh, also, Luthien's uh, vampire story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. C's character went through some very major developments I hit as the, far as the story went. I hit the ground running and just kept going. Like, I made... I was the decision maker a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. I was the mom of the group. I was the decision maker. I don't... I don't know. Maybe it's because, like, one of our characters was literally... He could have been a dog for all we know with his social skills. We had a character. It was Sean's character. Uh, by the name of Jack Frost, and he had been heavily based uh, design-wise off of a character from uh, Korean manhwa of the same name, but we had come up with an entirely different backstory and, and things like that for the character, but he was, for all intents and purposes, insane. He was chaotic evil, he had been through a lot of shit, and he had the, the soul of his dead father who was very much so based off of a supernatural version of Jack the Ripper uh, living in his head. Yep, and then we have Andrew playing, effectively, Prince of Persia. Yeah, my character was heavily based off of the Prince of Persia. And then my character, Luthien, I hadn't even seen Lord of the Rings yet. She was named after Luthien from that. But she was just a mismatch of... I kind of based her off of myself, but then whatever Andrew would tell me about D&D and stuff like that, I would just be like, okay, that sounds cool. I'll do that. Like, it was just, you know, if he would list something, it was usually whatever the one cool thing or the last thing he said that I could remember, whichever came first, like, it was that. And that that's how she'd start as a ninja. They could use magic or something. And ended up being a different thing later, like an Eldritch Knight, and then even different from that later. Yeah, yeah. These characters have been through a lot of iterations, and we've kind of gone back over the last ten years and revamped their lore in our own heads from time to time and seen them as characters and NPCs in different campaigns from the perspective of other parties, but we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, a lot of things in this campaign were also heavily influenced by the fact that uh, Sierra had friends who read the webcomic Homestuck. Yep. And I, she had, I had talked me into trying to read it. Yep. I was a sophomore in our second, well, our, within our first full year of playing D&D when we actually kind of got a handle on it. So 2012, I'm like 2011 into 2012. So my sophomore year, I had friends that were seniors and they were really into homestuck and they would talk about it to my friends and i during like art classes and whatever and um they would sing like some of the songs that were on youtube from it and finally i'm like hands up in the air i'll i'll read it like i'll give it a try and one of the best times i could have spent in my life it, it was worth it yep and she got me to read it as well and i got hooked on it and I can re I can really recommend it to people nowadays as well as long as you're as long as you are open to an experience. 
It is an experience. Also, it is an experience. Also, some things did not age incredibly well. I don't think the movie Connor has aged well. No, Connor did not age well. But a lot of things that are in Homestuck did not quite age well either. Some things were maybe ahead of their time. It's it's hard to tell. Yeah, I mean, you you really got to read it online to get the full experience because the music and then like the flash animations and everything but but i mean barnes and noble has it as a graphic novel now too yeah they do still need to buy it obviously but no yeah i started including various uh weapons and items from homestuck and powers uh one of my characters ended up with wind powers because one of the main characters had that We also really enjoyed the concept of a machine that could combine items together. Yeah, the good old Alchemiter. Yep, and so we ended up using that. I don't know how to play D&D without it. Yeah, I know. You've consistently been the person who uh, uses it to greatest effect more often than not. Well, whip sword. 50 feet of rope never once used in the campaign before. Put them together, I now have a, instead of it being a 15 foot whip sword, it's now a 50 foot whip sword. Yeah. And I didn't, my character never really had that great for range spells, so great range. Yeah, that was a character who had spells out the ass, but never used them. (laughs) But eventually that did become a thing that went away. Yeah, once I actually learned to, you know, learned how to understand the spells and how spells work in D&D, because spell slots are kind of weird. As we got later into our high school career and later into the Team Chaos uh, adventures that we'd been having, it it got down to where we were working pretty much solely with a three-person team, and this was after a couple years of you know, playing on and off and having a couple different group members come and go. And it got down to just myself, Sierra, and our friend Sean playing Luthien, Jack Frost. And my character's name was Corin. He uh, he went through a lot of changes and alterations because I never really knew what his personality was meant to be. It has settled more in recent years as I've decided a few things. Yeah, he's really I mean, dropped the Prince of Persia thing. At yeah, this he's point. he's he dropped the Prince of Persia thing kind of halfway through. Like he was from the desert, but he ended up fitting more into Norse cultural roles and using lightning with his wind powers and uh, all kinds of other things. If this man were a real person, he would have had at least three mental breakdowns and two personality changes. Indeed. But, and a midlife crisis somehow, too. Yeah. He, he started off as a ranger, and then I immediately changed him to a fighter rogue. And then he was that for a long time, and then I started liking him more as uh, a cleric, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and things just kept changing in that nature. But he was always the one who... He was the chaotic good one. Luthien was chaotic neutral, and Jack was chaotic evil. Well... And I, I was chaotic good. You started off that way, but then when you ransomed a sacrifice victim back to her father for a quest to get the Red Dragon in to be ours, 
that's what prompted the alignment shift. Now, granted, that was a way to curb Jack's uh, nastier tendencies because he his father occasionally tried to take control of his brain and dissect people. And that would have happened to the girl, but... Yeah, she was she was getting looks from him as we were taking her back, so... Yeah. Luthien just kind of swept in and used that as an excuse to do something kind of evil. Yeah, which, I mean, you did say I didn't need to switch my alignment, but... I just didn't feel right not switching it either. Yeah. Yeah, for a long time there, it was uh, the three-man team, or the three-person team of Team Chaos. Yeah. And it stayed that way for a while. Um, Since day one, been the only girl in D&D. Consistently. Yep. The only one who's stayed. Yeah. uh, For a long period of time in a lot of groups that we've had. Well, for... For Team Chaos, I was the only girl, girl. period. Yeah. yeah. Besides my mom. As, well, character-wise, the only girl. Because your mom's characters True. are all boys. True. Uh, toward the end of high school, after we'd had many of many a good adventure with Team Chaos, we started thinking about other characters and maybe trying to bring some other people in. Well, you and Sean had like this never-ending pile of characters which is how corn and jack came to be anyway in the first place when we uh decided to do some character swapping toward the beginning of team chaos yeah because i was always happy with luthien but you guys were like no 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 we got all these ideas like we can't do nothing yeah we had a build-up of ideas in our heads and just we had to get them out because there were so many options and so many possibilities and everything that we'd seen online and everything from different books that i had it was just it was too much and we were also coming up on the idea that i was going to be graduating soon sean was going to be graduating soon and i was going to be in high school for another year yep so we had to figure something out so we were trying to get other people into the game that could maybe play with us afterward because we were getting a little bit tired of only having three people and we wanted to spread the word out to more folks now, that just makes it sound like we're Thornarchers for some religion. Guys, we had to spread the D&D word. Oh, I am a little bit of a D&D evangelist if you, if you take my meaning. But that prompted us to start making a few more new characters. Uh, one of the first of which was uh, Sierra's character, Sebastian. Yeah. Who was uh, the drow brother of luthien he didn't start out that way but then i was like why not because i i just couldn't let go of luthien she was my first character and i had been playing her now for two maybe three years or so and i just i couldn't let her go i had to i had to have that connection yep so while it didn't make sense, necessarily, maybe. We ended up working out in backstory how it was possible. Yep. But then we also had uh, other new characters like uh, my rogue Arvinder, who was uh, specifically a thief of magic items and very adept at using them, yep. who had the goal of eventually one day 
having all four rings of elemental command. Uh, we had the character Christic, who was a fighter and was meant to be someone who was the absolute master of every weapon he picked up and constantly used different weapons and switched them out during combos. Uh, very Devil May Cry. Yeah. Which, I mean, the remake came out while we were in high school, so... Yep, I think that might have been an influence. I think it was, because we played that game at least once or twice yep. as a group, the three of us. Uh, there were a lot of other characters that came out around that time, but there are so many of them that were all meant to be part of that. That never got played. Yep. Once again, we had all these people that were like, yeah, we want to play... It ended up being the three of us, but somehow or another, we still ended up with five characters because the two boys are playing two characters apiece, and then I had Sebastian. <laughs> well, you made it easy for yourself. Yeah, but you both had your ideas and everything, and to make it feel less empty and lonely for us all, we had to do something. Yep. Uh, but obviously, those characters, uh, due to Sebastian's connection and the fact that they ended up being based out of Hightower as well, because it made sense to us, uh, those two campaigns would have been connected. Unfortunately, the campaign with Sebastian, Arvinder, Christic, and all of their many friends never really got off the ground. We played two sessions. Yep. And just, it didn't work out. Sean's freshman year of college was too hectic for him and yep. so thus began the year of no D. indeed we um we didn't really want to play with just the two of us so the year after i graduated i i was working sierra was still in school yep. sean went to college we didn't really have anyone else to do anything with because my friends build and play D&D, go figure. Yep. Uh, the summer after that, when Sean came back, we started playing again. Yep. We got my cousin back into it briefly. We got a friend of mine from a job into it briefly. Yep. Uh, my brother made a surprise guest appearance for, for a campaign session. As Rufus, the senile old gnome wizard who pissed himself and sat that in it. sounds like Herman from Family Guy to top it off. Herbert. Herbert. Whatever. Herbert the pervert. Whatever. That's the voice. <laughs> Whistly and all. Oh yeah. But. After that though we were set to come to college and we knew Sean would be around to play because we were going to the same school that he did. And living in the same dorm as him because he talked us into it. Yep. The freshman dorm on campus. Yep. Which sophomores lived in as, like, mentors. Yep. And the first night that we were on campus, Sean had introduced us to this policy that the RAs had called the Open Door Club. Um, well, no, it was not even the RAs. It was like him and his friends. Well, they were part of it. Yeah. Uh, where you just left your door open so people could come and meet you and hang out. And yep, because We were discussing D&D. &D. Yep, you mean uh, his room 
well, his roommate and him all had the same little door stopper. Oh, yeah. It looked like a, a stick figure getting crushed under the door going, help! <laughs> so, you know, thank you, little dude door stopper. Oh, yeah. Uh, we met some new friends that way because as we were discussing D&D, uh, and not quietly, not quietly, uh, someone heard us, poked his head in the door, and said, you guys talking about D&D? <laughs> and that's how we met our friend Anthony. And his enthusiasm has never wavered. Oh, no. He still does that sometimes with us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And then through Sean, we met all of his uh, friends, of course, and a lot of them joined us for D&D. Quite a lot. We we had a massive group of D&D players for that first year of college. And this is when I was really starting to try to add more things to my, my D&D repertoire, because I had started looking at the splat books for 3.5 and was trying to convert fully over to 3.5 more from uh, what we had originally been doing, which was the books that my dad had left me were a basic edition D&D rule set, and AD&D, uh, the AD&D Book of Dwarves, and the second edition AD&D Complete Book to, uh, of Rangers, and two sets of dice, and then another set that I had gotten from my godfather uh, in preparation for when we were supposed to play, but I, then never did. I never owned dice until literally freshman year when we went to that gaming convention. Yeah, we went to a con in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And that was when Sierra bought her first dice. Yep. And now I hardly use them. Well, no, I use the D20 from an extra set all the time, but that's about it. Yep. But we we met a lot of new friends. We started experimenting with powerful character builds and insane things. And I started allowing... Well, I always allowed homebrew. I, I took the teaching of my father, which is being a chaotic DM, which by his meaning was... Whatever happens, happens, and if it blows up, that's okay. Eh, kind of. His his thing was, if I can make it fit within the rules, then I will. And turns out when you put your mind to it, there's not much you can't turn into something... That fits within the rules, and that's oh. yeah. You made welcome home, to homebrew. <laughs> you made homestuck work. Yeah, I did. I had already been doing homebrew for a long time, since the very beginning. Yeah, but oh god, we had like like fifteen people. Yeah, it was nuts. Well, on top of the people that were regularly playing with us, they were bringing friends, or if like somebody had. Like a friend or a significant other visiting for a weekend, then they would dip in because you know the the player is like, well, I don't want to miss out D and D, so can I bring my friend or whoever? And we're like, sure, why not? You know, we don't have enough people. Let's add more. Yeah, I think we got greedy. <laughs> we we did. I well, no, it, it's not even really that we got greedy. It's just that. It's so hard to say no to people because you want to be able to share this with as many people as you can, but well, it's also, it was my first big lesson in... It's also the freshman... It's the thing that every freshman learns with 
you know, they join too many clubs or they join too many classes or whatever. It's, I want every bite of the pie. I want all these friends. I want all these people be interested, you know, all these people are interested in the same thing as me. So I just can't say no. Yeah. For me as a DM, it was definitely my, my first big experience with Allowing the party to get too big, having too many players to where some people would end up unhappy. And the funny thing is, usually people weren't even unhappy because everyone would be laughing and joking around. Uh, You know, even when turns were off. But things could occasionally have a way of falling apart. And sometimes people did get mad at a ruling or something along those lines. Well, with so many people, too, you had conflicting personalities that were a big problem or or there was even an issue with clicks starting to build within the both out of game but also in game it was happening and that is a terrible thing to have it is it it was an experimental workshop in a way and a a breeding ground for new ideas but it was big hectic utterly chaotic it was it was pandemonium. It's literally we we lovingly but also jokingly for a lot of reasons called that experience the uh campaign we don't talk about and whenever we have like new friends that are interested in D or like in andrew's case he teaches a lot of our friends how dm that's the big poster child and what not to do yeah that that's the cautionary tale of what can happen if you don't like keep your player base you know from getting too big trying that you know if you take on more than you can handle if you're it, it's basically that was the thing that showed me every mistake a dm can make and you made it all at the same time i did i did it's, it was a fantastic learning experience and i learned a lot from it yeah um i ended up having to take a break from school for a while and i took the summer as well uh, the DMing of the campaign passed to our friend Anthony for a while, and he, you know, spun it his way and did some fun things with it. I got to visit a couple times and played one of them, and yeah. it was definitely interesting. Yeah, it and... was the first time I'd ever had a DM other than Andrew. Because... And to this day, you sometimes have problems with anyone that's not me. Well. Except for a couple friends of ours who have been good about it. Well, I mean, it's one of those things, you know. You never forget your first. I'm glad you said it, but yeah. (laughs) It's just... When you have somebody routinely do that, and like... be When you have somebody routinely be your DM or something... I don't want to say this, but you kind of put... You know, the DM's, like, on a pedestal because, you know, they're not they're not a player. They're the, the game runner, you know. They're the dungeon master, the game master, whatever you want to call them. So they're, like, 
a level above and to have somebody be that for so long and you know because i you'd been my dm for four years and then for somebody else to do it it's like well this is neat and i i like this experience but but this is someone else so adjustments had to be made because you know it's it wasn't andrew my my boyfriend or well freshman year my fiance you know my dma more that you know knew if i needed help because i always need help when it comes to dnd even still like andrew's a mind reader and can you know kind of tell when i need help or like he would understand things to me freshman year when he left and our friend anthony became the dm that's when i i'd already started to step up and teach people how to do stuff with character building and everything but i i had to step up and start actually really doing that for myself yep uh i know the person that you talked to the most about it was anthony's girlfriend kylie and anthony and kylie have been friends of ours for a long time well, Kylie was my roommate in freshman year, and yeah. then she and I lived next to Anthony in the dorm, and you lived, you technically- you, I lived kind of kitty corner. You lived next door to my first dorm. Yeah. But then kitty corner kind of across the hall from Anthony and his roommate when, after I had moved in with Kylie. Yeah, but of course it's college. The four of us kind of were all roommates. Yeah. And the two of them- we're really good players and really good friends, and we still talk to them now. Yeah. So. That's definitely a good experience to have. Yeah, that's kind of what you want. You want friends, you know, friends, Ben players, not players, you know, that are, you, know, you want friends first. Because that's the more important thing. Yeah. Uh, during that time, uh, Sean took a step back from D&D, yeah. uh, cause he had played with us for quite a good bit of that time. And a lot of the people who we had been playing with around then also drifted off. Yeah, some had drifted off. By the time the school year ended, you know, we'd, we'd gotten a, a smaller party finally. Yep. And... Over the summer, I was trying to think about a new campaign that I could run without any of the mistakes of that one. This is when we finally buckled down. This this is when we fully made the switch over to the 3.5 rule system. We actually I, learned I read the everything. Rules. I read and memorized every single damn rule I could find. Yep. Quiz him, and he probably still knows them today. Oh, yeah, bring it. But we were looking forward to a fresh start, but I had this idea in my head of this big city of adventurers that would be the big good of this campaign. And I originally didn't have it. Like, it was going to be a, a fresh new world, untouched, but then Sierra had an idea. Well, we just... So the campaign that we just did in our freshman year, we did the same thing of, oh, it's a new fresh world. We'll we'll give this a go. 
obviously, you know, in one way or another, it failed. So I said, why don't we go back to something we know? You know, why don't we go back to Orth? That worked out so great last time. You know, let's go back to, to Teen Chaos and, you know, their cozy beginnings. And so I spent the next three months of our entire summer bullying Andrew into making Sebastian the king of this lovely kingdom. And it literally took until August for me to get what I wanted. But once I was convinced everything fell together really easily, and I had to admit it was the right call, it was the right idea. And well, so what we did... Reformed king, you know. Yeah, yeah. What we did is we decided to make some lore. And we progressed the world of Team Chaos. It wasn't just Hightower anymore, finally. No, we, we made uh, a region map. Yeah. And we progressed the timeline about 50 years. Yeah, so Luthien and her crew were advisors now. And they were all still around, thanks to shenanigans gifting them godhood well, that, later in the campaign. That and also the Fountain of Youth. Yeah, but the Fountain of Youth thing... Godhood kind of superseded it. I know, but even if we didn't have godhood, we had that. Yep, so would have still been around and looking young and healthy anyway. But we had to have... The godhood to get where Sebastian be king is, you know, we all we all know our drow lore. And love we all it. know our drow lore, and um, we did. had decided that during the intervening time, after a lot of adventuring, Sebastian and his party had become powerful adventurers as well and made enemies. And I'm assuming anyone who's played D&D for a long time is at least somewhat familiar with the drow goddess Lolth. Yeah. Or even if you haven't played D&D, you know, maybe you've picked up the Legend of Drist books. Yep, the Drist series was definitely the biggest inspiration for Sebastian as a character and also well, for their culture. Later on for Sebastian. Oh, I mean, when I was advising you on well, yeah. what drow were like when you said you wanted to make one. That was all I, I really had in mind. I don't even remember I really why knew. originally. Like, way back, like, you know, we just, we just talked about him in high school. I don't even know why I wanted to make a draw. I think it was just because I thought they were cool. You know, pitch yeah. black, silver hair. I like the contrast. But then, you know, when they were reformed, he just looked really tan and had, you know, dark hair. And looked very, like, Mediterranean and well taken care of. I don't very know. Much, very much so. I don't know anything about the drow. I just liked how they looked. Essentially, during the intervening 50 years, Sebastian had made an enemy of Lolth, as Team Chaos had before him, actually. Team Chaos made a... Team Chaos made enemies out of a lot of gods and powerful beings. We'll, we'll, we'll put it that way. For now. We'll get to that later. To, to name a few, though, besides Lolth, uh, Neryl, Hextor, and Every Orcus. Every death god. Yeah, mostly that, yeah. Jack Frost had a thing against death gods. He wanted to kill them all, take their power, and use it. Yeah, Team Chaos lore is a whole episode of its own because... Team Chaos lore was... Messy. A gigantic mess, but it was a fun mess to find yourself in. Yeah. But armed with this, uh, this new story where Sebastian, who was a sorcerer and had very high charisma... 
led all of his allies to a raid on the Loth's demon web pits and slew her eventually, uh, resulting in his own godhood, and he went on to redeem the drow race and bring them back to the surface. He fulfilled every male drow's dream. Oh, yeah. Uh, down with the matriarchy, I guess? Mm. Yeah. We don't, <laughs> I don't know. We don't hear that one very often. But... No, you don't. <laughs> uh, but armed with this new story and this new idea, uh, and this new set of rules to use and try to guide our roleplay, we, we set out the next school year to bring together a new story of the city of Derham. And that is going to conclude our history lesson for today. Uh, We've had a long, long road that we've walked to get to this point, and that's only part of it. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of stuff we kind of skipped over in this, which... We can always go into detail more later, like, you know, I said, we'll dive more into Team Chaos's history specifically. Oh, yes. We could have a whole effective timeline of Team Chaos's bullshit. Which, we'll probably get around to making. But also, um, you know, while we never got to really play Team, uh, well, it used to be called originally Team Sebastian, but eventually became another group name. Uh, yeah, eventually Sebastian's crew became known as the Red Legion because during their one of the very few sessions that that group had, uh, they had fought a vampire cult that all wore red cloaks, yeah, so, which were all minorly magical, and had adopted those. So while we didn't really get to play that campaign, we did like come up with stories based off of what we had wanted to complete throughout this campaign which you know we'll discuss that too yeah we we definitely learned a lot from all those experiences and that led to us getting into what i would consider our first truly serious D campaign which was darum well it's the first time darum is the first time we had and some of them were experienced players already some, yeah, like uh, our friend Nick. He was mostly familiar with 5th, though. 5th yep. edition, which was... Just beginning to come out around that time. Yeah. Like, we... It was pretty much half the presses, and then our other friend... Had... He, he'd played previous editions, though, as well. Yeah. Because his dad had also taught him D&D. Mm-hmm. But he was the opposite of Andrew and actually interacted with it and played as a child. That's pretty much the early years. Yeah, it's it's been a lot to cover. We couldn't touch on nearly all of it, but... Uh, we want to expand on later, though. Yes, very much so. And if anyone, if anyone has any questions or comments that can be fairly easily answered or discussed, we'd love to see them. Yeah, maybe we'll do a Q&A one day. Oh, wouldn't that be something? But regardless, thank you all for hopefully sitting around long enough to hear all of this. We hope that you uh, found it endearing and... Entertaining. Yeah, definitely entertaining. I hope we're endearing. (laughs)
I hope I'm cute. <laughs> Please tell me I'm cute. We hope you find our tail fascinating, though, because I still don't understand how sometimes we play as well as we do on where we started. But it's it's been a major part of our lives for as long as we've been a major part of each other's lives and wouldn't trade it for anything. I think D&D might be Andrew's lifeblood sometimes. That and Mountain Dew. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And pizza. And pizza, yes. Give me gamer food. Give me gamer drink. Send me to Valhalla with all of that. I will die happy. And then there's just me and Harry Potter, you know. Harry oh, Potter, yeah. coffee. Our cats. There you go. Thank you everyone for listening to us. It's been really fun going over all these old experiences yeah it's really nice getting to share them with people because well we shared this story multiple times with friends some friends now i think just cover their ears when we start to retell this to new friends because they've heard it so many times before but sometimes i also have to walk away when andrew starts telling this tale to friends because well i've heard it so many times before (laughs) Oh yeah, it's it's an old chestnut. But thank you for sticking through it, and yeah, yeah the the old tagline of everything like this. Please like, comment, subscribe, and share with your friends. And maybe if you can, after listening to our tales of D and D, play it. That's kind of the point of all this, is for people to play. Yeah. Give it a try. If you haven't already. Or even if you are, you know, a player. Oh yeah, if you're playing, play more. Play all the time. Yeah. Who needs work? Who needs sleep? All we need is dice. (laughs) And pieces of paper. Or an iPad. Depends on how you do it. But... We'll catch you in the next episode. Of Tavern for Two.